coaches wanted to go to places and then decided not to go to places. CM Punk walked out out of nowhere. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on, man? <laughs> it's it's been a wild weekend. Survivor series. I mean you, you had it you had it all. You had it all. The boxing match. Oh yep, the boxing match that happened over the weekend, like, yeah. like goodness gracious. The thirty for thirty on Mark Stoops being Texas A and M's coach for about forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what if I told you that this man could have been the next head football coach of the Texas A and M Aggies? And got ran out of town before he could make it in the state. <laughs> this is a brand new 30 for 30. Presented oh, by man. ESPN. <laughs> boy, boy, boy. So we got some we got some everything to talk about. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I got the rundown sheet and everything. We'll we'll, we'll talk about coaches hires if you wanna and firings, if you want to um, talk about that for a brief moment. And um, we can get on to some of the games. Of the weekend. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Breakdown Sportscast. I'm your good friend and host, Corey Willis, here. I hope everyone is doing well on a Monday. Hope you had a great opportunity to hang out with your friends and family during the Thanksgiving weekend and the holidays um I ate a lot of turkey of course I, like i'm still stuffed i know you probably stuffed as well chris <laughs> Man, <laughs> stomach was full of food but hey you know that's 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 how we like to do it you that's, know what i'm saying from the south. yeah absolutely that's, that's how we get down that's how we get down. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah overall i hope y'all had a had a really good weekend of course uh, with your loved ones um so yeah um as always i'm with my good friend and co-host here um he is chris bolton what's been going on chris man nothing much nothing much feeling good trying to keep up with all this craziness the Who's going to be coaching where? And if that news sticks for eight hours, you know, so it was going to flip flop and change. You just never know nowadays. But you just, just trying to stay up to date, bro. Absolutely, absolutely. We constantly, you know, you know, Chris, we live in an era now where, and I mean, we can say for the most part, we've we've grown up in this era. Um, the generation um, after us is like they're just like in it. But you know mm-hmm. we're getting our up, we're getting our updates through our phones and stuff now, through social media on the computer and stuff at rapid rates now. So uh, yeah, it, it's definitely been the the crazy twenty four to maybe forty eight hour span of just wildness. <laughs> it's been the wild wild west, in, especially in Texas out west. <laughs> uh, my goodness. I mean, we're going to get into it, but that that was what happened in like a, a six hour span, man. That was like a movie. I Like that was legit. A 30 for 30 needs to be made about how Mark Stoops got ran out of the state of Texas before he can even fly over. 
<laughs> I mean, with the quickness too. Swiftly, and the, uh, the 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 thing is, I feel like he would be the perfect hire. But we're gonna get into everything. But I mean, my goodness, is we have a lot to talk about. We do. We do. Uh, we do so so yeah um, we appreciate y'all listening in on the show of course um yeah we we got a lot of topics to talk about um we, we will get into the games in just a second but yeah um pretty much what um chris just um referred to is some of the crazy updates going on with the coaching carousel in college football um we just heard that um it's official now that Mike Elko from Duke is now the brand new head coach of the Texas A&M Aggies so um so yeah it's pretty much official um as we're recording this on a Sunday evening um that Mike Elko is now um the head football coach at Texas A&M and we also did hear that um, Jeff Levy is also the brand new head football coach at Mississippi State. Um, he's going to replace Zach Arnett um, after that five and six record that he done with the Bulldogs um, after taking over the late Mike Leach. So, um, yeah, <laughs> two coaches right there have already made their destinations. Um, I did hear that um, Houston did um, fire Dana Holgerson, so he's he's out now. And mm-hmm. it's just people just dropping like flies now, Chris. Like you know, that's around this time. That's where you, this is around the time where you will see a lot of that movement um, ha- happen. So. Um, what are your thoughts about all of these changes um, in the last couple of, of days and what we're potentially going to hear um, as we kind of keep going on um, as the weeks progress? Man, um, really, it's a, it's a really interesting 24 that's, that just happened. Uh, I'll start with the A&M news and, and uh everything surrounding their coaching carousel their coaching search um since they are kind of you know the i feel like the bigger program and the higher ranked job so i'll give them the um we'll talk about them first i think i think elko can work i, th- I i'm impressed with what he's done at duke and the team, the, the kind of defense his team plays. Um, I feel like for Duke to be such a stingy defense, especially this season, and the kind of ball that they play when, you know, you're not getting the top guys, the top athletes to come play football at Duke, I think is impressive. So I feel like that side of the football will be solid. I'm curious to see who he brings in to be his OC and how this A&M offense can elevate, especially when you look at 
some of the pieces they already have and have had in the past. And we really haven't seen, I feel like, this offense play at its peak levels. I feel like it's always been okay and at times good, but we haven't seen an elite A&M offense. So I'm curious to see if Elko can be that guy to bring that out of this this talent pool, especially now with the resources he'll have available. So I think this can be a match that works. But I also feel like they could have, I think Mark Stoops would have been the perfect guy to be at A&M. And something tells me that this this might be a, a moment in the program where they like, you know, we kind of look back five, six, seven years from now. We'll see. But what could have been if Mark Stoops was the guy at A&M? Because the fact that he's done the things and accomplished what he's accomplished at Kentucky as a place that is a basketball school and you is you're not just attracting the most recruits to play football in Lexington. You know, it's just, you're, you're going to be in the Midwest. It's going to be going to be cold. I know you know Kentucky's in the SEC, but you know it don't feel like how it feels in Florida and Athens, Georgia, in the summertime and in the fall. You know, either in, in Kentucky. So, uh, I think Mark Stoops is done extremely well to have some of the success he's had at Kentucky and to bring in the players he's been able to bring in and to work the portal and kind of be ahead of the curve to maximize Kentucky as a program. And so he might have his faults, but I feel like he would have been, he's the prototypical guy to be the head coach at Texas A&M. And I just kind of feel like this might be a, a, a moment too, where we look back and be like, wow, what could have been But I'm I'm hoping that things work out with Elko, and I feel like he is a good replacement. I do too. Um, I, I think what he brings to the table defensively is honestly important for A&M if they want to stay alive in the SEC, especially now where you got Texas and OU in the picture. Like you need defense. To even stay right. in the game, like you know, offense is one thing, and I don't think, I don't and think and so guys like Dave Daniel, right? Just put up Johnny Manziel numbers, exactly. And I don't, I don't think A and M will have an issue with selling their program to skill players, um, to offensive skill players at all, just because they're in the state of Texas. That recruiting ground is like huge. Um, but you know you, you do have have to you know recruit against UT. You have to recruit against Baylor and TCU and and Texas Tech and all these Oklahoma and Oklahoma too. as well. Yeah, like that that's very important. So um, I, I think this hire will definitely help um, them. I think it will definitely keep them in the game. From a defensive standpoint, and I, I, I think they'll be fine on on offense as well. Um, but <laughs> I, I'd say like the the pushback from all of this, and I've I've been reading message boards, of course, on this, Chris. Like a lot of the fan base in College Station 
of course they I mean like they know Elko <laughs> um, before he used to be defensive coordinator over there uh, mm-hmm. at one point so you know to them it's kind of like to them they feel like they're retreating and they're looking for that big splash hire that, that's all I, I that's all I've seen of course and, uh-huh. and for for me personally like what are you looking for in a coach if you're looking for this big splash hire that's going to take you from the top? You weren't going to hire Jed Fish away from Arizona. It's too late for that, for anybody. Uh, you um, are getting Dabo Queen. Yeah. No, you wouldn't get Dabo. So, I mean, who you going to get? You were you pretty much late for um, Oregon State's coach. You know, is it Deion Sanders already is, you know, he's he's committed to Oklahoma, to Colorado. I mean Yeah. It would have been a flash higher, but you know, it wasn't like Colorado went eight and four this season in year one. Like if 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 they would have had some kind of crazy success like that, then I think you could like justify trying to swipe him away. And, and, and really seeing if you could buy him out from Colorado and bring him along. Because mm-hmm. that would have kind of been unprecedented success, you know, going from the HBCU to a Pac-12 school and then putting up, you know, a crazy winning record in year one in this era of college football with the portal. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know who they thought they were going to get. I know. It's just it's, it's ridiculous, like, at the – and I know it's A and M's, you know, high expectations. You know, you want to win. You got your neighbors on the other side of town. <laughs> um, but you're A and M. Yeah, but you're A and M's. Like, maybe maybe this is good for you to get Elko. I think it's good for you. I think you'll I be think competitive. I think it is too. I think if the fact that you weren't. You know, you couldn't, didn't, it isn't Stoops. Elko is of a similar coaching kind of build and prowess. A defensive guy. You know, Stoops is a defensive guy as well. Um, Someone that was at a basketball school and has had success um, with his football program, similar to Mark Stoops. There's some similarities there. Like when you kind of look at how they go about things and, and the successes and where they've had success at. Um, there's some similarities, some ties on, on the resume. So I can see why they pivoted to Elko. Yeah. That, me as well. I, it's, you, you know, he he's familiar with A&M. He's familiar with that, co- uh, with that whole culture and mm-hmm. just um, the expectations of, on a recruiting standpoint, um, yeah, I, it makes sense. So I, I look at it as a situation where, like, if a and A&M fans are going to have to see this thing through <laughs> for the first time in a while, they're going to have to see the uh, see the results on the field. Look, if it and, and, and this win first. Like establish the program, like really, like win the SEC one year, and then the next time there's there's no 
maybe time for a change whenever that comes. The fact that you had some success, some real true success, maybe then you can warrant that splash higher. But right now, you just need to get the right guy. It doesn't need to be a splash name. You just need to get the right guy and maximize the resources because your resources are speaking louder than what's been shown on the field at a yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. And every year it's supposed to be the 10, 11 year season. And outside of the COVID year, when does it happen? It hasn't. No, it hasn't. You fell <laughs> short just about every time up to this point. So this is, I mean, look, this is starting on a clean palette at this point to me. Uh, you know, and you need that guy that has a good pedigree but can just get back to the basics with things. Um, I think that's important. And I think you're getting that guy with Elko. So You are. You are. Sink or swim. <laughs> that's all I can say for a you know, you sink or swim. Give him a chance to succeed. Like, yeah. don't, if, if you let Jimbo stay for – if Jimbo can have the, the seasons he's had – and was able to coach as long as he was here at a and Afford Elko some time. Like, let's not try to run him out of there after the third year. Like, let's right. let him give him a chance. Yeah. I, that's all I'm saying. But, um, but yeah, that's um, for Elko. Um, I, I mentioned Jeff Levy. Um, anything you want to um, mention about Jeff Levy um, being the new head coach at Mississippi State? I like that hire for Zach Selman, new athletic director um, at Mississippi State. This is a a pivotal moment, I feel like, in Mississippi State's football program. Um, This team hasn't had that elite success since 2014, the first year of the CFP, you know. And you're seeing your arch nemesis, your rival Ole Miss, string together multiple 10-win seasons. 10 win regular seasons before the bowl game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's it's real easy to lose grip of the state. And you know, some of the circumstances have been unfortunate and unforeseen and tough cards have been dealt, you know, one with the arguably probably the best coach in your pro school's history leaving to go to Florida when he built together a roster that was a top 15, top 10 roster in the nation and then get to see it through the next season, it's tough. Then Mike Leach, rest in peace, he died you know, before you were able to see him with a team that looked like one that could contend and, and make some serious noise. So you need to bring in the, a guy who can – really have your offense be explosive because that's been lacking lately. Maybe string together some consistent offense. And I think Jeff Levy, you know, it, it, it's, it reminds you of the Dan Mullen hire. Dan Mullen wasn't a proven power five head coach when he got hired by Mississippi State. He was a bright offensive mind while I was an offensive coordinator. It seems similar to that hire, and I think this can be one that works out very well because if there's anything Jeff Levy can do, it is running offense. 
That indeed. <laughs> he, he's going to, look, by, by the time the game is over, you're going to look at the stat sheet, you, you're just going to see like 500, 600 total yards of offense, 30, 40 points. Like, you're going to yeah. see it all. You're going to see 30, 30, 40 points. And, and, don't, and if Mississippi State can regain its identity of producing elite defensive talent, and you're stringing together 30, 40 point ball games on offense too. You know, there there's some chance to make some things happen in Starkville. So I think this is a, this was a really good hire for them. I, I I didn't know they were going to get Levy. A lot of times the guys that you expect and that's the name thrown out there with the, when the search starts, they don't normally get hired. His name has been out there since the beginning, and they got him. <laughs> <laughs> that they did, um, yeah. It was a it was a great moment. I did see uh, um, a couple of clips of just you know like the fans, of course, like they really um, pulled out the red carpet for for Libby and Starkville. Of course, the fans were there. Um, they they did something totally different that that they're not normally um, that they haven't normally done uh, when new coaches come into Starkville. Um, yeah, they pretty much had the whole ceremony pretty much at the airport. And <laughs> yeah, they um yeah, they they pretty much um brought them there, extended their uh, um their hands out to them and you know, really just showed them around um the campus of, of course, especially like the football stadium. Selman was there with them. Um I saw all of that stuff. So, you know, they they're really trying to, you know, embed them into that culture. And mm-hmm. I, I I did hear, um, well, I did um, get a little information. And this is um, per Steve Robinson of Gene's page, um, 247. Um, so if any Mississippi State fans want to get any recruiting news, um, go to those guys. Steve and his crew does a phenomenal job um, with um, looking over um, the recruiting in Mississippi and for mm-hmm. Mississippi State. He he just mentioned that for State, like the biggest thing about getting someone like Levy was important for their offensive identity, and mainly because from a defensive standpoint, the state of Mississippi, it, and me, you know this, Chris, like. They've always been known to produce really good defensive players. Mm-hmm. And State has been known to churn out really good defensive players mm-hmm. and develop those guys over time. So it's not, that's never been the issue with State. The issue mm-hmm. with State is trying to get an offensive mind in there and keep them for a long amount of time. And building a culture of this is what it is offensively um, to play at Mississippi State. And when he mentioned that, that that did kind of come into fruition for me to just kind of sit back and, and, and say, like, yeah, that is that is right. Like, you know, we we almost produce defensive players effortlessly. So mm-hmm. this this was the topic at hand that need to get dealt with and hopefully we'll see what happens um hopefully levy can create some buzz 
For sure. And it's interesting, too, that now we have the Lane Kiffin-Jeff Levy matchup for the Egg Bowl. You know, someone who was formerly Kiffin's OC. And, you know, how how things kind of ended with them, with, with Levy going his, his separate way um, to Oklahoma. But now they are reunited. I think that that makes such an interesting storyline when those two go up against each other now in the Egg Bowl. Uh, can, 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 you know... The young buck, can he outdo the sensei per se? You know, the the person that he was coaching under um, a few seasons ago. Look, I'm already ready for the Egg Bowl of 2024. Just you know, <laughs> you know, deliver it to me on a silver platter, Thanksgiving night. I'm already full, but I'm ready for this for for this feast right here. You know, I want to see Debbie right. right. versus Kiffin. It I, I, like come on, give it to me. Exactly. So it's I get again, you know, good good hires for for both schools. I, I think um very very intrigued to see how things play out um the next few seasons for both programs. I agree. So, yeah, yeah we'll, um, we'll continue to follow all of the um, news going on in the coaching carousel in college football. And, um, yeah, we, um, we will definitely give you our thoughts um, as you tune in on the show. But, um, but yeah, partner, are you ready to get in on some of the games that we that we had, some of the top games we had over the weekend? Yes, sir. All yes, right. sir. Let's do it. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do it. Let's talk about our first game, Chris. Um, I'd say the biggest game um, of the day. Yeah. Was the game between Ohio State and Michigan? Um, it lived up to the hype, Chris. I will say that um, this both of these teams were battling back with each other. Um, we saw some phenomenal throws, some uh-huh. some great catches, um, just everything all around. Um, but there only could be one winner at the end of the day, and that was the Michigan Wolverines. They down Ohio State 30 to 24. Michigan is now 12 and 0 and Ohio State is now 11 and 1 for the season. So we will see what happens on Tuesday with the college football um, playoff rankings. And um I would suspect Michigan to <laughs> probably be at number 2 now. Um I mean they would have to be and um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with Ohio State um, now that they've lost lost the game. And what is that? They're what one in three now? I think Ryan Day is one in three. He's one in three and undefeated against the rest of the conference. One in three against Michigan, un, uh, unbeaten. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the stat uh, at the end of the game. I, I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, a powerhouse known as Ohio State, Ryan Day is one in three against his rival. Lost three straight. Won his first one when he came when he got to uh, became head coach. Yeah. So. And yeah, that's that's kind of where um, where where Ohio State is now. So, um, Chris, what did you think about the game? And um, what do you think both of these teams go from here on out? I think it was a, man, it was a great game. Um, 
it was interesting because Ohio State got in the rhythm later in that ball game where they were pounding the rock. Like they got the running game going and it was a taste of Michigan Michigan's own medicine. And for a moment I'm like, man, you know, Michigan needs to tighten up the defense. I've I've never seen their run defense look like this at all this season. Um but they just kept pushing, kept it going. Blake Corum, I mean, that's a bad man. JJ McCarthy made plays when needed with his arm and with his legs. Had a, a huge run in the fourth quarter. Um, gutsy plays. Gutsy plays. Him and Corum. Yes, yeah, yes. Gutsy plays. And this team, man, they, they are a true team. It hasn't been pretty. At times, Michigan has looked dominant. But without Coach Harbaugh, they ran the table. They won three games without Harbaugh. That says a lot about the program, how locked in and tight this unit is. And maybe, just maybe, with everything that's playing out, maybe they'll be fine without Harbaugh. You know, keep things how they are. (laughs) because I might as well bring it up but it's a possibility that happens you know with everything that's kind of going on and how these coaches feel about Harbaugh and the precedent the conference has set with Michigan don't be shocked if he leaves this offseason I'm just saying Corey look nothing surprises me now honestly if I had to guess I think he's leaving I think he's going to the NFL and he's getting out of Dodge because why would I stay why would you stay (laughs) everyone hates me anyway you You got suspended mid season for something that hasn't been fully investigated yet I know it's crazy it's crazy. Like, I mean, I get it. He, they probably they, they did wrong. But, like, can we let the season play out before we, you know what I'm saying, discipline stuff, everybody? But it's neither here nor there. But back to now, Michigan is right where in position where they want to be, where they always wanted to be. I anticipate them putting the beat down on Iowa because Iowa just cannot hang with them offensively. No. That's been Iowa f- for the last decade. They can't. If it becomes a track meet, then you're about to just blow by them. Like, you know, they they, they cannot put points on the board. Um, and I think this Michigan team smells blood. They, they smell the CFP ahead, and they I expect them to come out and play sharp football and, and put a beat down on them. But um, big, big win for those guys. And for Ohio State, we said – we didn't think, no offense to Kyle McCord, he's a young quarterback, you know what I'm saying, but we didn't anticipate him going in the big house and leading them to victory. No. <laughs> not, not at all. It's, like, I love this Ohio State team. I, I love McCord. But, man, it it's something about this this team all year, and you can probably sense it, Chris. It's just like they didn't have no, that been there. Yeah, they haven't had that edge to them, like that dog in them. Like Michigan, the offense, I can see it's, it. it's, it's, it's levels 
behind what it's been the last three, four seasons mm-hmm. with, with guys like Justin Fields at quarterback and C.J. Stroud and how he's been at QB. This offense wasn't that. This team was winning games off of hard-nosed defense, and the defense showed up, played well, but it came down to this team needing a a last-minute drive on the road, and you might have been able to pull off the game-winning drive against Notre Dame. I just didn't think you were going to be able to pull that off against this Michigan team with the, with this kind of stakes and that kind of ruckus over 100,000 100, fans screaming, and they fell short. And this is, you know, it's, it's a moment for this team. It's unfortunate for Ryan Day. Um, but I think it, objectively speaking, I think we all knew that Michigan was going to win this game when these two teams played based off how these teams have performed all season long. So I feel like the script played out accordingly. But it was definitely a classic game. And, um, you know, it's just kind of how, how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Indeed. Uh, it, that's, just, that's just how it is sometimes. But, um, but yeah, it, you know, hats off to Michigan. Um, I mean, they're a very tough team. I don't <laughs> – I'm with you. Um, Iowa doesn't stand a chance. Uh, against this Michigan team, I can see, <laughs> I can see Corm uh, and company just running right through these guys um, all the way until the end of the game. Uh, like they, like I look for him to have like a three, <laughs> a three touchdown kind of mm-hmm. kind of day um, for Blake Corm. So, um, and who knows what McCarthy's gonna gonna do. Uh, with his arm, I mean, he's a very talented quarterback himself. But um, overall, yeah, just a great win for Michigan, uh, for Ohio State. I mean, they're going to be in a bowl game and most likely in a New Year's Six game. For me, at this point, I, I want to see, like, do you care? <laughs> who who cares on this team? That That's really what you want to see because they don't really care about, you know, Winning a New Year's Six team, I mean, I know a lot of teams would love to be in the New Year's Six bowl game. They don't, they don't care about that. <laughs> we got we got worse problems. Yeah. So it's going to always be a national championship year, and just watching this offense all season long, it's never felt like a playoff offense. We haven't seen this team click on offense like the, like Georgia's offense has. We've seen Georgia's offense grow and grow into one of the better, more elite offenses in the nation. Yeah. Oregon, elite offense. Washington, they at times look like an elite offense. When Michael Penix is at his peak, this team is hard to stop. He's unstoppable. Uh, LSU. I mean, there's the, the Texas. When Texas has been on Alabama, when Alabama has been, you know, they've had their struggles. But we have seen Alabama at times, like, just look, their offenses look ridiculous. And they they have looked a tier above teams, above everybody else. 
So, I mean, the list continues. We haven't seen this, this. We just haven't seen that with Ohio State. And in their toughest games, it's just kind of been, you know, tough slug them out victories. We hadn't really seen, you know, the points put on the board like that. So I just kind of feel like this is kind of how the season was really intended to play out. Yeah, I, I think so. And, yeah, like it, it all kind of comes down to a, to a really good bowl game. Um, won't be in a CFP um, semifinal game. But, you know, you, you still have a lot to, you know, stand on, you know, in potentially getting a yeah, 12 season. Like, Close the season now strong. Right, right. And 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 show that offense that maybe we can get a glimpse of what would be the case next season. I know you're gonna be losing some key pieces, but let's see if you can if you can run it up against a quality opponent. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll see, man. We'll, we will see. Um, it's gonna be interesting. But um, anything else you want to add to this game before we move on? No, sir. All right. From that game, we move on to a wild game in the SEC, Chris. Um, the Iron Bowl of 2023. You know, we've seen this some crazy fire. Iron Bowls before, Chris. Mm-hmm. We've we, we've seen a lot. <laughs> we've seen the Cam Newton Iron Bowl win. Cam back. Yeah. We've seen... The kick return game. Six. Yeah, the kick six. We've seen it all. But this game. Now we got the bond bomb. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. The bond bomb. Oh, my Man. gosh. This game ended 27 to 24. Alabama wins. <laughs> <laughs> After a. Alabama escapes. Yeah. Escapes, wins, whatever you want to call it, folks. <laughs> they, <laughs> just a re- remarkable play by Isaiah Bond. Um, 31-yard pass from Jalen Milrow. Alabama wins it. What was like 32 seconds left in the game? Yeah. It was crazy. Yep. And, um, yeah, Alabama is now 11-1 on the season. And, um, yeah, they have a chance to... Go into the SEC title game against Georgia and see what happens. But, um, Chris, what do you think about this wild game in the SEC? That was that was just insane insanity. Um, I guess it's it's difficult to put words to it. I mean, talk about peeing down your leg like Auburn had it. <laughs> I mean, man, they, they had this game. The, 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 they forced to stop late in the fourth quarter. You're ahead, and you muff the punt. This, the bond catch has everybody forgetting about that muff punt. That was inexcusable. And then your defense fortunately puts you in a position to where it's fourth and forever. Yeah. But then you just 
blitz two people and keep a spy and drop everybody else back in coverage and you give the quarterback 10 seconds to just sit back and be like, all right, we're going to throw it here. Hey, you know, it's an Alabama special. Oh, That's man. how they drew it up, Chris, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> so how Nick Saban drew it up. Yeah, exactly. exactly. All of the days work. All the days work. We practice that play. <laughs> we but that was playing crazy. jackpot. And, you know, that that was all that was was jackpot P. <laughs> <laughs> but Auburn had this game. I feel bad for Hugh Freeze. I know it sounds crazy to say, but I do feel bad for Hugh Freeze. As terrible as this season's been, for this team to play the way they did, they deserved and should have walked out of that stadium with the win. Absolutely. And and, and if you look back at that play, there was a non-holding call on the um, offensive line for Alabama. Their tackle was holding the team. It ain't the first or last time Alabama's gotten away with the holding. Look, look, SEC officiating, we can go on and on about SEC officiating in Bama games. Like, me and you, the state fans, we've seen it. We've seen it. We've seen a lot. Auburn fans have seen it. LSU fans have seen it. Everyone has seen it. I don't have to go back. If it's something something all SEC schools can band together about is the (laughs) fact that Alabama has gotten the benefit of some some calls in SEC football games. We'll leave it like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I saw that holding penalty. Well, would have been, should have been holding penalty. <laughs> and I just shook my head. I was like, what, what can you do? <laughs> what, what can you do? You can't go back on this one now. All you can do is just point it out and be like, another missed opportunity for the referees. But, hey, you know. That's that's just how the the cookie crumbles sometimes. How the cookie crumbles. Tough loss for Auburn. But, but, you know, shout out to Bama for not giving up. We'll be fourth and forever. The game like on the line, that takes some faith, some resolve to still be like, you know, we got a chance. And then to actually get the touchdown and escape this Iron Bowl with the win. Because if you go back and watch that game, you're just you're going to get to that point of the ball game. It's like four minutes left. You're like, ain't no way <laughs> Alabama wins this. There's no way they win this. I know. And then they find a way to win it. And they they found a way to win it. <laughs> I mean, that's what good teams do. When you give them the chance to win the game they should not win, they win it. And that's where you have to credit Alabama. Mm-hmm. They took Auburn gave them a chance to take it, and Alabama took it. <laughs> you can't give good teams a chance. To snatch away a victory, and because they will do so every time, and that's why Alabama is going to the SEC championship game, 
And Auburn is a six and six ball game, uh, you know, six and six team going to a bowl game, but it has a lot to improve on. It's just uh, a microcosm of the seasons for both schools. I feel like. Agree, agree. It, you know, um, I I still give it to Hugh Freeze. I mean, excellent game plan. Probably, yeah, you know, excellent game plan. You didn't get the win. But um, it's it, it's just it's just how it is. I, I mean, you know, it, I'd say this: getting this team to be six and six this year, good on him. Outstanding. And if this is the kind of performance, this is why you hired Hugh Freeze. You know, this man has a reputation for knowing how to coach against Nick Saban. He is the man to win Iron Bowl games. And if there's anything this Auburn fan base can take away from this game, it's that if he had this year's team able to compete and be like this against this Alabama, against Alabama, imagine once he gets his dogs there, what this Auburn team can be and how they can perform in the Iron Bowl. Yeah, no Iron Bowl will be safe. No, no matter what these what Auburn looks like. Feel confident that they will be in the game against Nick Saban because this is the man in the conference that has that knows how to beat Nick Saban. He was the one that beat Nick Saban before anybody else could catch up and get a, a win against Saban. Yeah, uh, uh, agree. I mean, he, he had the blueprint. And and it showed even this he 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 molded a game plan to where he maximized this team's ability to run the football. That was their saving grace. That was their only chance to win this game, and they ran the ball very well and kept the ball out of Alabama's hands. He's one of the best coaches in the country, in my eyes. He he somehow finds ways. He, it doesn't matter what personnel he has. He try he makes it work for the players he has. And I feel like that's what you want out of your coach. I, I agree. Yeah, like he 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 gives it his all 110% with these game plans. Um especially against teams like Bama. You know, you give what, that man two weeks to scheme up for Bama and, and watch what he cooks. Yeah. Who wouldn't want a coach like that? That's that's all I gotta say. So right, so and I this is new, and we're two state, you know, what I'm saying two state grads. Yeah, you, we can't. You can't knock you. You can't hate on you, man. You, you can't. I, I you can't. Yeah, it's 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 no way. I mean, this is a guy ruined the 2014 season <laughs> for Mississippi. Right, they had no chance in the playoff. Yeah, state still had his chance. Would have been the at large team to make it. He didn't care about that. Did not care about that at all. <laughs> not one bit. And 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 won that game when they didn't have a true running back mm-hmm. that year. That was that the Walton days. Yes. <laughs> Think about that. Oh, Winston had no running back that season. But they made one from scratch, Chris. <laughs> with, the, with the power of, of Hugh Freeze's magic, oh, Hugh they Freeze, made one man. from scratch. 
And it worked. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I can still see that man just running through our line. I can, too. The, the, I'm, I'm picturing the outside zones to the left. <laughs> out of shotgun. Chris Jones oh, not man. knowing where this man went, but he's like already like <laughs> 10 yards down the field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. But but yeah, yeah. It was a great win by the Crimson Tide, of course. Um uh we definitely got the little sound bite of, of Jalen Miro who who had a really good day. He was sixteen for twenty four, two hundred and fifty nine yards with two touchdowns, where he was yelling after that game had ended. Give me my Heisman. Who's Heisman? Jason's Heisman. <laughs> <laughs> Bo Nix is Heisman. Look, I'm just, I'm just, look, I'm just, la- I'm just letting know what he's saying. No, we 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 love some Jalen Milrow, but it, it damn sure ain't his Heisman. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he know he can go to the trophy store and get a Heisman Trophy replica made for him, but he ain't winning this one. Yeah, the real one. Yeah, he 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 could probably do that one, but um. Getting the real one. The no. real one's going to grade in the boat. <laughs> I know. Not in the row. Well, that's how we end that uh, that segment <laughs> right there. <laughs> oh my gosh! But uh, but yeah, he he was very excited. Um, and, and I mean, who knows? It was a great play. Um, that was definitely a great play. Great moment for them. I and 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 I will say this: you. I do love to see that for him after how this season started and what he experienced the USF game, having to sit out and not play, how the fan base kind of turned on him so quickly in the season. Yeah. So for him to get that moment, that is well-deserved for him, that young man. And I can only imagine where his confidence is at right now after going on the road to your arch nemesis and winning your first Iron Bowl start. Absolutely, absolutely. So, we'll see um, going from here what happens um, for Alabama. Um, they have a big game against Georgia. Can they compete? I'm still leaning towards a Georgia win. Um, not not sure what you think about it right now. I'm, I would guess you're probably I'll leaning towards that too. But it should be a game. Yeah, I think Bama's going to come in fired up. And, and and locked in. You know, of course, the, the stakes are high, and you didn't play the cleanest football game against Auburn. So I think Nick Saban has a way of cleaning things up this week at practice. I think so too. <laughs> yeah, it, it just it all uh, it all comes down to can they handle their business against a Georgia team that has, you know, they've been pretty mortal. Um, you know, at times throughout the season, but hey, still number one, Georgia. It's still Georgia. <laughs> you know, you know Kirby, Kirby would love nothing more but and, and to and to beat his boy, Coach Saban. He loves it. It's like a, <laughs> it's like his favorite pastime now. It's like Christmas <laughs> to him. Beat yeah. Nick Saban is always on the, <laughs> it's always on the calendar for, for yes, the sir. Yes, sir. So, <laughs> for Kirby's so, yeah, yeah. But uh, anything else you want to add to this game, Chris, before we move on to our final two games? No, sir. We can keep it. All right. 
So now we are going to um, head to Gainesville, Florida, Chris, where the Florida Gators hosted number five Florida State um, over the weekend. Uh, this this game was very interesting because I really wanted to see what Tate Rotomaker um, could do now that um that the Jordan Travis is out for the rest of the season. So mm-hmm. um, coming in this game, uh, I mean, he didn't turn the ball over um, per se, but um, the Seminoles did win this game 24 to 15. So um, they're still alive 12 and 0 now um, for the season. And um, yeah, we just, about to see what happens um, going forward in the ACC championship game against Louisville, who did lose to Kentucky <laughs> over the weekend. So, uh, what, what did you think about this game, Chris? Did you get a chance to um, catch some highlights on it? Yeah, I saw some of it. Uh, you know, <laughs> Florida State, man, um, they just find ways to win, you know. Rivalry games are always difficult. This isn't the best Florida team, but it is a talented team. And you did have to travel to the swamp with your backup quarterback, and they found a way to win. Wasn't pretty by any means. Then Rudemaker only threw for 134 yards, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was 12 for, 12 for 25, 134 yards for the day. Wasn't pretty by any means. And. I'm not going to get it done in the college football playoff, but the team is undefeated. And they, you know, you, I think you have to reward them for being undefeated and taking care of business, whether they have Jordan Travis or not. Um, I think there's a chance that Louisville hands them their first loss of the season. Especially the fact with Louisville, we're going to learn a lot about them too because they they lost to Kentucky. Will this team still be locked in, knowing that their college football playoff hopes are out the window now since they lost to Kentucky? Um, but they can still get an ACC championship, so we will see. But I think um, that's that's I think Louisville will kind of handle things for the CFP committee. Next week, I think right now you have to put Florida State in the top four. Whether they have, you know, despite how um, ugly that game was and how you know not pretty that win was, a win is a win. So, yeah, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Yeah, if they they come out on top in the ACC championship game and everything else comes together, George beats Bama. Um. You know, Oregon and Washington handle each other. Yeah, Ohio State's pretty much out. Mm-hmm. You might as well put them in there. What's the worst that can happen? Like they, it's either them or Texas. Yeah, that's what it's going to come down to. That's what it's going to come down to. I think college football. You know, Florida State is a big brand too, but if you want to see the the best matchup. Uh, I think some I think some people in the NCAA are rooting for Louisville to win that ball game and <laughs> Texas to get the win over uh, Oklahoma State. <laughs> Look, if, if that happens, then yeah, 
crown Texas as that number four candidate. You know, put mm-hmm. him in there at this point. Um, you know, why would you if if Florida State is going to? I, I mean, like they very well could. You know, they don't have Jordan Travis out there at quarterback. Um, you know, who knows? Louisville could catch him slipping. They really can. I think they 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 very well can. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. While we're talking about Texas, real quick. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we since we mentioned them, I want to give big ups to Texas. I called them out the last pod. I say I want to see four quarters of dominance out of the Longhorns. You saw and dog on That's what we got on Friday night. It's been a, it's been a long time coming. Ben should have saw this team play like this, mm-hmm. but that that team that team can go up against anybody in the college football playoff that we saw Friday. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, they, you know, this is this is the team that I wanted to see from them. the team that mm-hmm. that showed no remorse over there. None. None. And that's, that's that's what we saw. That's what we saw. So I have to I I wanted to make sure I gave them credit because I called them out because I just knew we could see so much more from them. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe it took a, a rivalry game going up against Tech to bring that out. But hey, at least it came out. And if they if they continue to play like that that team is a problem. It can it can truly run the table if some things fall their way for them to get in the dance. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I definitely agree with you on that one. Um, yeah, they 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 just need a lot to go in their favor. They, they need, need a lot of dominoes to fall. They need some help. You need some teams to take care of business. And you need some teams to lose. It's a mix. It's a mix of both. But there's still there's a lot of football left to be played, Corey. Yeah, this thing is not settled by 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 any means. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So you know, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens to Florida State. Um, but you know, getting that win over your rival, um, that that did have to feel pretty good, of course, um, to kind of start off. On the, and on the right path to finish up. Real quick, does Billy make it after next year? What? What? Or I'll, I'll ask this: What record does Florida have to have next season for Billy Napier to be safe as head coach? Does it have to be at least a nine-win season? Does he yes. still get fired at, at if he goes eight and four? I think so. I think, I think so too. I think it has to be a nine-win season next year. Yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna say this: if you, I, I don't, I don't think it's, he's going to um, um, be in 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 a good space and stand if he loses to Georgia, but if he loses to Kentucky again, there's no question. Like, yeah, out of there. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, it's I, funny. Kentucky I, is the SEC. 
Well, what was the SEC East? They're like the Mississippi State of that division. Cause <laughs> yes. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to lose to Kentucky. Tennessee's not supposed to lose to Kentucky. No. Florida isn't supposed to lose to Kentucky. Georgia isn't supposed to lose to Kentucky. And if you, you end up being that coach, that loses <laughs> to Kentucky, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, you know, bode well for your your fate. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So that, I think that's where, I think that's where Florida is right now. Like. Can you get over the hump with uh, against some of the teams that you're supposed to beat? And this, I'm gonna say this: this the next year is not gonna get any easier. Hey, who's to say Vanderbilt won't beat someone next year? And Missouri, you know, Eli has that thing rolling. I'm, um, that's a yeah, good team. Yeah. It's a good team. Most of the guys come back next year. I'm not going anywhere. I'm pulling. I'm pulling up Florida's schedule. Like it. It's gonna be rough. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, I'm. I'm pretty sure it's going to be. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Miami. You have UCF. You have Florida State. You got Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, A and M, Kentucky. At Mississippi State, at Tennessee, at Texas. It's going to be tough trying to find nine wins out of this. Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't get any easier. So, you know, it, I'm telling you, man, it, like, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be rough. It is going to be rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like now the the division thing is like thrown out the window, you know. Yeah. With the new schools entering, um, taking on the te- Texas at Texas, taking on Florida State at Florida State, Miami, you know, another year. Um, for them, and you know, see, they they've been recruiting very well. Well, another year for Mario Cristobal to to get his thing established, um, to get that that group rolling. Um, Kentucky with Stoops, uh, LSU with Brian Kelly, uh, Ole Miss is, looks to be for real. I mean, the competition is heating up. At Tennessee, I mean, they weren't the best this year, but I expect Tennessee's offense to be much improved next season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's rough, man. You gonna it's be? Rough. <laughs> ooh, Florida's about to be really good to get nine wins next year. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, hey, man, they put on red alert right now. That's all I can say. You know, definitely because what they're, they're five and seven. Yeah, they're five and seven for for the season. So yeah, you gotta you gotta do something. <laughs> Napier, you gotta do something. You gotta you gotta bring you gotta bring the fan base together. You know, let them know, hey, we're not out of this yet. <laughs> just oh, just man. bear with us, all right? We, Football, we can make, man. <laughs> I can make this right. <laughs> college football, something else, because 
Who would have thought, man? You know, five and seven for Florida, and they've had some really good recruiting classes the last few seasons. Like the talent is there. Yeah, this is a very talented roster. It's only going to continue to be even more talented. It's, they have, a, I believe, another top ten class locked in right now. If things fall the way that they are supposed to, according to like two four seven sports, mm-hmm. they have another top ten recruiting class, another like top four, top five in the SEC. Because of course, a top twenty five class does you no good in the SEC. Because ten or eleven of the teams in the SEC end up having top twenty five recruiting classes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you have to have like a top ten class, and I think Florida has them right now. Along yeah. with Florida State and Miami, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean that's those schools are going at it, right? You know, it, we talk about the the state known as Texas being a just recruiting hotbed. Um, state of Florida is, you know, some some people may say it, it, it's it's even worse. It's even hotter, state. yeah, it's even <laughs> hotter in that state, like. You can find any any skilled player, any defensive player, just any player you need um, in that state um, to help you get far uh, with your program. So yeah, it's it's definitely heating up in the state of of Florida right now. So we'll definitely see. But um, Florida is ranked number five right now recruiting, and um, yeah, we'll see closer to the early signing period what happens. So so yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a big, big class for him. He needs to hold it down mm-hmm. to continue to keep the fan base locked in and believing. Right. <laughs> he might not have, have, have the wins this on the field, but trust me, he will be pulling out all the stops to keep this top five class together. Because <laughs> that's the next thing fans will be turning to. All right, it's one thing we've been losing. You mean you let you, you let Miami flip a couple of our guys and Florida State flip a couple of our guys too? <laughs> oh, you got to go. And now that class goes from top five to top 15. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And that only makes, that only makes it even hotter for you, so he has to hold his class together. Yeah. You got hey, to get to work. Got to get to work, Billy. He's on it. He's on it. He's, if he hears this, he's probably he's on already on the trail. Oh yeah, I'm telling. Oh yeah, he he probably w- woke up like yeah. that Sunday morning, and and I do think there is a thing where um where coaches um on Sundays it is supposed to be their designated off day. But come on now, let's be honest. Which coach is actually really being off, especially? With a situation going on in Florida right now, where you got to win, so um, I'm sure he's he's looking at the recruiting um, trail right now, seeing the guys they got, looking at the portal. A lot of coaches Facts. are so, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, he's he's definitely gearing up for a 2024 that he's going to have to win the day. So we'll see what happens with Florida. We'll see. But um, anything else you want to mention about this game, um, Chris? I, I know we didn't fully talk about it. It wasn't really – the story really was on Florida State um, keeping that undefeated streak alive. The game, game-wise, I mean, it was an ugly game, but Florida yeah. State won. 
Yeah. It's really not much to talk about with the game. It's just, it was two teams that don't like each other <laughs> battling for state supremacy. And because, you know, Florida State has, has their backup, it was a, it was a close game. And, you know, Seminoles found a way to win. And that's kind of just been how this team has has been at times this year. They just find ways to win. And yeah, I just I, I applaud them for finding a way to win. Cause then their backup had they had to bring in the backup for the backup. They took a hard <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, that, that's you pretty crazy. Much... Team, man. you can't keep them out the playoff when they still find a way to win. When they had to bring in the third <laughs> string for a little minute, I know, right? Like, you, you got to do it. <laughs> you got to give them props at some point in time. Because if not, like, what are we doing, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, now big, big ups to Florida State. Yeah, yeah. So we will see what happens with the ACC championship game is coming Saturday. So. Um, so yeah, we will talk about the last game of today, Chris. Um, the number four Washington Huskies hosted Washington State, the Cougars, um, this past weekend. This game, Chris, was <laughs> very close. Uh, very, very, very close game. I, I didn't didn't realize that this game was going to um, become this close. But mm-hmm. you know, with with these two being rivals, it's the Apple Cup. Um, I, I guess guess it's not too much of a surprise. But and especially knowing how Washington has played um, up and down the last several weeks, um, yeah, this game came down to the wire. It came down to a forty-two yard field goal to win it for Washington. And um, they got that field goal, and they won that game twenty-four to twenty-one. And mm-hmm. now Washington is twelve and zero um, as of right now. And yeah, we will see Washington and Oregon take on each other in the Pac-12 championship game um, this week. So, uh, what, what do you think overall? about this game, Chris, and were you shocked about how close it was? I was not shocked. This is this is Washington. And <laughs> I, when we said we said in our show that Washington needs to look out for Washington State. They are the same team that beat Oregon State earlier this year. And it's the Apple Cup, another a rivalry game. Was not shocked one bit that it was a close game. Um, but it was, it's it was a good win for Washington, and now that it you know sets us up for the rematch in the Pac-12 championship game against Oregon, you know you know which way I'm going. <laughs> it might end up being a close game, but there is a world where I think I think Washington's undefeated run comes to an end. This week, I think Oregon beats them. Um, and, you know, when you're going toe to toe against Washington State and Stanford and and other teams throughout the league, it's been some, some close, some, a run of close wins. You know, in Utah, 
you haven't just been smacking anybody lately. Uh, I felt like you could that Washington kind of peaked against Oregon early on this season. Uh, that's the best we've seen them play, and they haven't come anywhere close to that since then. So we need you only have to summon back up them powers and play another game like you did the first time you played Oregon to beat this team because I I I will go as far as to say this team is even better than when you played Oregon the first time. The way they have been rolling. Mm-hmm. So Washington has they have their hands full going up against Oregon in the championship game. Um but if, if they win, it's well deserved. I'm telling you. I know that much. Yeah, like look, if they if they beat them a second time, there's there's no doubt about it. Like I, I will forgive them for everything that they've put us through with these close close wins um this year if they beat Oregon um for the second time. I mean that's this this Oregon team is very good. Like some it's a playoff say, team. Based, yeah. based off they're one of the top four teams in my eyes, top two teams mm-hmm. in the nation. Um based off how they've been playing this season since that loss. Right. So <laughs> Yeah, if you Washington, did they they beat this team? More hey, you put them in, block them in. <laughs> I mean, you can't keep them out, man. You like it, everything, like you said, all's forgiven. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's how good this Oregon team has looked. So I I would I would be surprised if Washington wins this game, but. They got Michael Penix. They have a good squad. Mm-hmm. And they've already beat them earlier this season. Right. You know? But, man, to beat them, be the same team twice, it's going to be tough. It's tough, man. It, it, it is tough. But um, I, I think when, when you have someone that that is as good as Michael Penix Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. and a doomsday, and Dylan Johnson. You got to go too. Yeah, like, look, these are guys. They they're gonna step up to the challenge. Dylan Johnson's been finding his stride. Mm-hmm. They got some players. They, they got have some, some players. players. They got some players. So we will see what happens. It's gonna be an interesting week. Um, I, I think it's going to be an interesting week, Chris, of, of all of the championship games. This is championship week. So yes. I, I definitely can't wait. And, and and that game starts on Friday. That is a Friday game that we'll get to see. So sign me up. I'm ready. I'm ready, too. <laughs> I'm ready, too. I'm ready. So, so yeah, man. Well, um, yeah, that that's all of the games that I – that I think we um, covered for the week, all of the top games, of course. I, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about Texas, um, you know, balling out this week. Missouri um, won 48-14 over Arkansas. So, um, so yeah, it's, yeah, it was a pretty good week. Pretty good weekend of, of college For sure, football. pretty good week. Um Kentucky getting a much needed win against Louisville in the Governor's Cup. Mm-hmm. The season has been disappointing for Kentucky to finish it off 
you know, beating Louisville is always big, and especially a Louisville team that thought they were really good because they were top ten in the nation. So, mm-hmm. yep, it's a big big win for the program. Um, who else? Oklahoma State survived BYU. Uh, Iowa State big win over Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your team, Arizona. Fifty-nine out of twenty-three. Bro, look, that is, no, even, no need to even mention it. No need to even mention it. We 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 knew what they was gonna come out there and do. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what Arizona does. That's what that's what Jet Fish does. <laughs> Take care of business out there. So, so yeah, I'm 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 hoping they find their their way into a, a New Year's Six ball. We'll see. We'll see. We will um closely monitor all of the bold projections. I know there's a lot of um, media people, people in the media already kind of looking at that stuff right now. And um, I myself have been kind of off and on looking at it. So we'll definitely see what happens um, once we kind of get through championship week and then look at the um, final um, CFP rankings. So, you know, we got this Tuesday and then we'll have Sunday, I think, will be the final rankings. Yep. Mm-hmm. Before both seasons. So. Mm-hmm. so, yeah. But, um, but yeah, man. So, before we head out, Chris, let the good folks know where they can find you on social media. I'll let your boy on Twitter or on X. Formerly known as Twitter at Chris underscore Bolton underscore 12 and on Instagram at Chris dot Bolton underscore. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, yeah. Um, You can find me on X as well. It's at listen to KSW all one handle. Um, I'm on there talking college football Um, at basketball season. Now we're about to. Um, get close to bowl season, recruiting's coming up, so we'll definitely be um, talking about that. Um, that's one of my favorite times of the year, being a college football fan, is seeing the next prospects um, step into the wild, wild world of college football. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, yeah, definitely follow me on there. And, um, as always, we appreciate y'all listening in on the show. Of course, um, we're on many different streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Amazon Music, and Amazon Audible, iHeartRadio, and many other streaming platforms. So um, be sure to follow us on those applications um, if you haven't already. And um, yeah, um, feel free to like, comment, and subscribe to the show. And it definitely helps us out a lot it helps us know where we're at and how we can improve the show um, going forward in the future but um but yeah that's it for us guys we appreciate y'all listening in on the show and we will be back on friday we'll have a uh, regular prediction show we'll have bolton's bets and everything yes sir for championship week in college football but um but yep that's it for us guys until next time Y'all take care. Peace. Peace.